Rhythm, a crazy podcast about DC, with your host E-Rock and PD, when we speak up, get your geeks up, cause you know you got to get geeked up, so sit back, relax, and get comfy, lose your mind like Solomon Grundy, and listen to a show that won't be forgotten, coming straight out of Gotham. Twitter sphere. Welcome to another episode of Straight Out Gotham, episode 73, in honor of Barry Bonds. In honor of Barry Bonds, we are a fandom pop culture podcast and a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network, hosted by Batman on Film. Make sure you check out all the other great shows in the network by heading on over to batmanonfilm.com. Click that drop down and just check out the uh, utter buffet of fanboy content for your headphones. Uh, lots of great stuff. Our show's there, obviously. You've got the Batman Book Club, you have Raimi Review. Uh, you have ELTD, Comics on Consoles, um, and the uh, flagship Batman on Film podcast. Lots of great stuff. So make sure you head over there. Check that out. I am your co-host from the other side of the Hudson River, a senior contributor to Batman on Film. I am Peter Arvera. And today we're recording on April 16th, 2022. And as always, we have a great show for you today. But before we get into the good stuff, I'd like to remind you, all of our faithful listeners, if you take the time to rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts and we read your review on air, you have just won a straight out of Gotham prize pack. Uh, so get those reviews in like Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, we love to see them. We love to read them. Uh, we all love being complimented. And uh, if you want to give us a grip, go ahead, give it a shot. You know, if it's a good one, we'll read it anyway. Now, let me introduce you to my partner in crime, the 2017 Cauliflower Cookoff Champion of Manhasset, a fellow Batman on film contributor, ladies and gentlemen, Eric Holzman. Hello there. Hello there, world. How is everybody? What is How's your signature cauliflower dish? I'm just curious. I you, cauliflower has been all the rage. It's been like this crazy, crazy thing. We have cauliflower pizza now with the crust. Garrett and, loves that. He likes that with his right. tofu chicken wings or whatever it is. His drumsticks he makes with carrot sticks wrapped around in like tofu. Weird <laughs> vegan stuff. He's into that guy. So yeah, so like the whole deal of making cauliflower kind of the anti-potato because that's how I look at it. I feel like, um. People eat mashed cauliflower now instead of eating mashed potatoes, and they'll use they'll make cauliflower crust and then put on you know make pizza with cauliflower crust and um so I my whole thing is making things flavorful. If anyone knows me and knows how I cook, I like to season things heavily. So that's my whole deal. I try and throw a bunch of different things into whatever cauliflower creation I'm making. Mm-hmm. And I, I like things a little spicy with a little kick. So I, I my favorite thing is probably a Cajun-style cauliflower, mashed cauliflower with some kind of jerk chicken or some kind of chicken on the side okay. as well. I can get down with that. Yeah, I think mashed cauliflower is actually pretty disgusting. I only like <laughs> cauliflower in its natural form. <laughs> I think everything else is pretty horrible, to be brutally honest. Like mashed cauliflower just tastes like mush. You ha- well, that's the thing. You have to put you still have to put the stuff in it that you put in potatoes. For in my opinion, you still have to like add like potatoes. Cream. <laughs> no, like heavy, like heavy cream if you're doing it or something. Because if not, you're right. If once cauliflower is very watery, so if you don't have anything in there to thicken it up. It's just it's very loose, and you're right. It's just kind so of like it's thick. Nice. So, so yeah. So I like, do you do the emerald? Do you just go bam? 
<laughs> there, there's another drop right there, man. I'm gonna have to copy that one and make it too. But yes, <laughs> I uh, um, I don't do the Babs. That's Emerald's thing. Do you have a signature uh, catchphrase, or you just like what do you what do you do when you're cooking? Do you do anything? No, I don't measure. I guess that's my thing. I don't, I don't, I don't measure things if, like I'm supposed to. You eyeball it. Yeah, I kind of eyeball it, and I'm like, that looks good. And then, however it comes out, it comes out. So, yeah. So you, you know, if you if you go over Eric's house for dinner, you better watch out. He might be a little heavy with the salt. It's well, not salt. <laughs> salt is one thing I don't. I don't like cooking with really at all, unless a little bit, obviously. But I usually don't put any extra in. Because mm-hmm. um, to me, people, you can add that on your dish, right? When it's on the dish, you can add your own salt. So I don't add salt. Uh, too much things, except if I'm like making a steak or a burger, put a little mm-hmm. bit on before you cook it. I'll do that, but that's about it. Um, but er- other things, I'm a little heavy-handed. So if you have any kind of like like Louisiana Cajun seasoning or jerk Caribbean jerk seasoning or um, Italian, even Italian seasoning, I'm sometimes I'm a little a little heavy, especially garlic. My family, we since I've been a kid, we eat garlic all the time. Like we've always eaten garlic. garlic. Yeah, so a little bit, like what most people like for garlic, I usually need a little more because I've just Mm. been eating it for so long. I'm immune to the normal. No, I I I tend to uh, have a heavy hand with hot heat. Right. You know, my uh, my crawfish can be a little hot. So yeah, well, it was good last year. It was. was I think I I used a lot of citrus last year. You know, I. uh, I was I watch a lot of videos and uh, different guys and down in Louisiana and stuff and uh, on YouTube just like you know guys you know guys who just post YouTube videos they're not like professionals and I found like a lot of them use citrus so I was I was using orange more than lemons I use oranges I use limes so you know any kind of citrus I got my hands on last year and I thought it actually kind of diluted the heat a little bit no, that was I my opinion that, yeah I think that's the point I think it's to add a little flavor but also to cut how heavy the heat could be. So, I'll have to buy some extra Creole this year. In the brine, right? That's the brine. Um, but you mentioned uh, Micah's show, and today's his birthday, right? So let's a quick shout out. Oh, shout out to Death Show. Happy, That's right. Yes. Happy birthday. Happy birthday Luke to Sist. Micah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a really quick shout out, and hope you had a good day. Uh, it was it was a good day here. It was a nice nice. It was beautiful. Well, yeah, weather day here. We had it. We were blessed in this area with a very nice. It's a little stormy now. Uh, we're getting some thunderstorms now, but so guys, if we hear an abrupt cut, well, you won't hear it. That's true. I'll edit it out. So you won't hear it. So don't worry about it. But if we had a storm and we just totally shut down, that would be it. That's actually happened before. Like one of our earlier episodes, we were, didn't we do a podcast and my power went out? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yep. I was like, uh, where did he go? (laughs) (laughs) So that was it. So yeah. So we are recording. It is April 16th, and it is the day before Easter, uh, and it's also Passover. So happy Passover to our, mm-hmm. our Jewish listeners, and happy Easter to our Christian listeners. Yeah. Uh, do you do anything? Yeah. Do you do anything special for Easter with the family? or is... uh, Just get together, eat, and relax. There's nothing, nothing too crazy. Uh, All right. nor- normal uh, holiday stuff. Easter is actually my favorite holiday. I, I like the I like the food the most out of all the holidays. Easter is my favorite. What is the, what's the spread for Easter? Uh well the, the the veal spadini is my favorite thing. So it's the rolled up veal with some cheese, some bay leaf. They're breaded, and we put it, we you know put it in the oven. Nice. Kind of bake it. That's good. 
Uh, you know, all the all the you get the grain pies, you get the meat pies. Those are, I believe, those are the Italian uh, traditional Italian Easter. Is that like pizza rustica? Yeah, yeah. Okay. If you want to call it like its actual name, yeah. <laughs> you have the grain. Uh, that's like a regat pie. You have a regat pie. You can have a grain pie. So it's good. That's that's like the dessert portion and the meat pie you have is like an appetizer with your antipop. All right. So. And do you do any of the like traditional American stuff with either ham or lamb or? That's what we normally have. Um, we'll have either a ham or a, no, like a lamb. Or... We don't do very merry, many uh, <laughs> Metagon things. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's what I think. I don't know if we're having lamb, but I'm pretty sure we're having some kind of beef or brisket or something. You're going to have your mint jelly. Is that like tradition to have like lamb and mint jelly? Yes. Mint jelly is part of the lamb deal. So if you yeah. get it. I like it without it. I could eat it fine, but I think it's good both ways. To be honest with you, I kind of like the mint jelly every once in a while. It's a, it's it's different. Yeah. So, and I'm sure we'll just have other normal mashed potatoes, and you probably some kind of spring vegetables. So maybe asparagus or something like. Are that. Are you going to make a cauliflower dish for? Easter? I'm not. I was not asked to make anything this year for Easter. Well, that's I, good. I feel like you're you're the big cook around there. I so. usually am. So this I got I got off easy this year. I don't have to do it. I'm I'm bringing duck donuts though. That's what I'm bringing. Like are they like what are what are duck donuts? Oh, you don't know what duck donuts are? No, are they, are they... it's a donut. Sh- it's an it's it's kind of a national chain now, I think. But they're very famous for their donuts, um, and they have all different kinds. And I got the Easter assortment, so like it's maple, like there's a maple donut with bacon on top, and um... okay, so not made of ducks. No, 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 no. That's, That's not I like don't... a meat donut. No, I don't know how that got that name. I don't know, but that's the name of the the donut chain. They're just very popular now and famous, and they're they're really really good. So I'm okay. I've never the... I've never seen it. I've never heard I, of it. There's def- they definitely have some in Jersey. So if you looked up Duck Donuts, you could go pick some up. All That'd right, easy for you, easy for you to find. Are they better than Dunkin'? Oh yes, are these they are Krispy Kreme. Yes. Okay. Yes. I like. I still would take the Krispy Kreme glaze when it's hot because that's just melts in your mouth as soon as you put it in. It's, it's fantastic. Really, but, you like that stuff, huh? Yeah, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but but um, <laughs> when it comes to other kinds of donuts, I would take duck donuts first. Over All right, All right. So, D- duck duck goose. They're gourmet style donuts. So, all right, so <laughs> unreal. Uh, so we're <laughs> you're like Wonder Woman in the theatrical cut. I work with children. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, that came out good this week, didn't it? Anyway, it comes um, up every day. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's, it's whatever. Okay. Anyway, we're gonna roll into our topics, into our normal topics of discussion. We might even touch on a little baseball later because. There's a game on right now, so we'll see how that goes when we get there. But um, it has been an interesting week, a couple weeks now for DC News, um, at least with the, with the merger with Discovery. So now we have Warner Disco- Warner Brothers Discovery is the name of the company. And big news came out earlier in the week about what the direction is going to be moving forward for DC Entertainment. Um, Warner Brothers CEO Dave Zaslav, I believe that's right. I said his name. Um, they want to turn DC into its own solidified content vertical, which means if you don't understand what that means, it means streamlined basically. Um, 
And let's be honest, they're probably looking at the example that Marvel Gate has given for now since mm-hmm. for ten years now, right? So, or sorry, twelve years. So, um, a lot of there was a lot of hubbub about it, like, oh, what does this mean? What's it going on? Are they? Is everything going to be interconnected? Are we going to have? you know the shows intertwining with the movies which i mean we're going to probably get in the reeves universe with the batman stuff but is everything going to happen we have a little bit of it already right with suicide squad and peacemaker uh we have that a little bit so everyone's kind of wondering what this means for the future um how i took it how i read it the comment and how i read the article to mean is that he just doesn't want zaslav doesn't want any more ambiguity about what's going on with either um I guess what the DCEU started and then what they're doing on the side. Cause as you said, and as you said, he said he wants to do more of both types of entertainment, right? He wants to do yeah. stuff like the Joker, like just sorry, like Joker that we got. And then what we've been doing with what they've been doing with Aquaman and the main titles on the other side. So Joker, Batman, I'm uh, sorry, Joker and the Batman would be like on one section and then mm-hmm. the connected stuff, to the other side. So, what was your take on it when you first heard it? And then has it changed since you've thought about it? Uh, I thought he said, I kind of want to emulate <laughs> Marvel, mm-hmm. obviously. with, uh, with I kind of want DC to be its own studio, and things are going to kind of be the same. We're going to make <laughs> movies that are connected, and we're going to make movies that are not connected. And I thought it was very interesting to see everyone kind of praise, like, oh, we're going to be like Marvel, we're going to do this. And it's like, well, you know about a year ago everyone complained we don't want to be like marvel we don't want to do this and so it's like i was like okay so everyone's changing their mind as they do on a daily basis that's interesting well it's just that's you know status quo uh it, it just seems like you know they're just gonna just keep moving forward just keep making content keep trusting their their directors and their filmmakers who they believe in and who they agree with and uh they're gonna go forward uh he said that he was gonna try to merge uh, his streaming services into one. It's going to take some time. Mm-hmm. He told everyone to be patient. Uh, so at some point we will get a new streaming platform. Uh, HBO Max and Discovery Plus will at, at some point merge together into one gigantic uh, conglomerate. <laughs> Discover HBO Max Plus. There yeah. you go. Yeah, basically uh, <laughs> HBO Max Plus. I don't. I don't. I have no idea what it's called. That's not my problem. I'll just watch it. But you know, it, to me, it just kind of seems like. You know, he's just like, you know, it just seems like everything's going to kind of stay the same. Like, I don't think anything's really changing. I know there's people out there. I thought we had a plan. Where's the plan? And said they had a plan. You know, the, the normal people on Twitter who complain about that stuff. And it just seems he's, you know, the plan is to just trust my creatives that I think are doing a good job and move forward. And again, it just seems like you said for every movie, there's going to be a, a, for every, you know, a connected TV show, a spinoff TV show as such, you know. You brought up Peacemaker. Uh, Batgirl is one. We'll talk about that later. That seems to be in the mold of what they want to do. Right. And, and Penguin as well. You know, that that will be a spinoff as well as this Arkham show. So uh, every movie will get a companion piece, it looks like. And they're going to just keep plowing forward. But, the, you know, it's nice to know that they do want to kind of make a DC studio. Uh, mostly because it's like, well, what is Shazam doing? Shazam's made by New Line. It's, you know, it's, it's, right. these are a little confusing. And like, for someone like me, honestly, I don't care. Just make the movie. Just let me watch it. I'll watch what you, what you put out there. And then I could judge it from the, I, I, I don't need, you know, I don't, I don't care about the plan. I really don't just make movies. That's right. all I care about. make, t- make streaming shows, make TV shows. 
That's all that matters. I, I don't need to know your plan. I don't need to, I don't need every damn detail. I just need to be in the theater to watch it. Yeah, and I also wonder if the some of the disappointing results for some of the films at the box office, like the Suicide Squad didn't make didn't do well in the box office. I wonder if that's in his line of thinking too. Like if we have a more someone who's driven and more creative and you're building into these things instead of just having these films pop up that you're going to drum up more people's interest into it and maybe that'll make more money cuz at the end of I the day still don't forget blame covid for suicide squad though no definitely i mean it's stupid not to include covid in the stuff that came out during um um during the covid period during the pandemic yeah. period it's stupid not to blame it it's definitely had an impact and plus it also they also were released on hbo max so you get you didn't have to go to the theater you could watch it at home Mm-hmm. And people like people quit voluntarily their jobs or they lost their jobs too. So that's a much cheaper option than going than going to the movie theater. So of course that's that's definitely there. But I just as a just thinking as a businessman would, I wonder if that's motivation because let's be honest, they're in this to make money. That's what they want to do. So it's gonna be interesting to see how this unfolds as time goes on. But I think every time a merger happens and the company with controlling interest takes over, they're going to want to play around with it and see what they can do. That's just part of what happens yeah. in business all the and time. It, it, it's sad. There's going to be some layoffs and people are going to lose their jobs because you don't want to see that happen. Um, you know, I'm sure everyone's working real hard to keep their job. And now, you know, when you get absorbed by somebody else, it's right. just going to happen. You're going to have a lot of people with similar positions. And like you said, the, the, the company taking controlling interest is probably going to favor their own. Right. Right. There's going to be people losing their jobs. And so, but this is just, I think, a little bit of that. And I mean, we'll see what happens. I, I, I'm with you, though. I really don't think creatively anything's going to change all that much. But no. I, we'll I read that and thought, okay, status quo. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, right. It. it was kind of like uh, they were trying to lead you in one direction, but then they would come back with the other piece. You're like, okay, so it's really nothing. Like a little misdirection going on, but there's really nothing. the The journalist was doing that, I think, to get people to read. But when you read it, if you really look at it, it's not that serious. At the end of the day, it's really not that serious. Uh, yeah. but, uh, so. I had fun re- uh, reading everyone's tweets about the plans. That was cute. <laughs> I was like, "You guys are still on this, okay?" Well, that's all. That's always the fun part, right? That's 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 why we're here, and then we follow these things because we just want to see people freak out. <laughs> It's it's definitely entertaining, uh, you know, and you know the normal suspects. Of course, of course, man. Oh, oh, I don't want to get into all of it, but it's just funny to read the reactions and and how the smallest thing makes them think it's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, they were they're ready to go. So, all right, it's all coming back. It's all coming yeah. back. Full oh, all of it. All of it's, it's all coming, coming back. back. Everybody, everybody's coming back. Yep. I do think though, the one thing I was really <laughs> interested in, and he, he, he seemed to stress Superman, um, which I yes. like, but it's like, at the same time, it's like, we do have two Superman films or projects in production. So again, that's like nothing new. Right. But it's, it's nice to hear Superman's name out there. Cause it's, you know, he's, he's had a rough go of it. So it's nice to know that that's on his mind. Like he knows the importance of Superman and, what he means to the DC brand. And that's, it's, it's, it it is reassuring. 
Oh, I agree. I think, um, like I said, I'm good with where Superman is now. Superman and Lois is on TV. It's doing pretty well. Mm-hmm. Pretty good show. So I'm kind of I'm good. theatrically, but yeah. No, I, I know what you mean. I'm just talking the character as a whole. But just listening to some of our friends who love Superman, the character so much, and how they want they want another movie or something. Um, for them, I'm happy that he mentioned it because at least there's a little bit of hope now, like mm-hmm. you said, theatrically, that we're going to get some kind of Superman film. I think Clark Kent is probably where he's thinking too, so that might be a yeah. little bit of better news uh, going forward. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it's just I think it's much ado about nothing. The story, uh, so we'll see what happens moving forward. But that's that's my isn't that kind of news? Much to do about nothing. <laughs> It seems that eventually, yes, it turns out to be much ado about nothing most of the time in these situations. So we'll see what happens going forward. But you did bring up Batgirl. Um, and our Batgirl actually spoke a little bit. Now she was promoting um Ben and Jerry. Oh, sorry, Hagendaz. She's a new collaboration with Hagendaz she's doing. She is a New Yorker and it's called City Sweets, where mm-hmm. the company's collection of ice cream flavors that incorporate street food desserts like churros and street vendor pretzels and black and white cookies. Pete, just living in this area, we know what that's like, street vendor stuff. Uh, it's very common for us to experience. I love vendor food. No, right? No, whether it's all meat or some roasted peanuts, I uh, I love me some street food, street meat. So, so just quickly, with those flavors, don't, doesn't this ice cream sound pretty damn good? <laughs> yeah. I, I had no idea she was essentially addicted to ice cream, which is I know. she made it seem like. But I was happy. I did not know this, that she comes from the BX. Yes. Which is, uh, you know, for those of you who don't know, uh, the Bronx, New York. Uh, I happen to love the Bronx. Home to my, uh, my favorite <laughs> place in the whole world, Yankee Stadium. Yes. So I was happy to find out that she's, uh, she's a local girl. So maybe she listens to our show. <laughs> Yeah, the Bronx is not only the, where the Yankees are, but it's also the birthplace of hip hop. Yeah, uh, it's also the birthplace of Jennifer Lopez, <laughs> the home of the Joker steps. Now, infamous. Joker yes, step. the whole, right. So there's there's the Bronx is very prominent in our pop culture, and uh, Leslie Grace is another person, and she's also our new Batgirl. So it ties in very well uh, with what we do here. So she spoke a little about a little bit about Batgirl, and they, the first thing was they asked her, would, "Did they send her ice cream for it?" And she was like, "No, because I had to fit into the suit, and I would <laughs> I wouldn't fit in the suit because she loves ice cream so much." So that was it's cool. A problem we both share. <laughs> I agree. Um, so, but they asked her a little bit about Batgirl because she said it was going to be badass, and then the question was, did the badassery live up to what you were expecting? Her answer was, she definitely exceeds what I thought. I had to summon up, summon up some things in me that I didn't even know were there. It was an incredible learning experience to be on set with also action veterans like Brendan Fraser and soak it all up. It was so hard because he's our villain and I'm not supposed to like him, but he's such a big, huge teddy bear. He's one of the nicest people that I've ever met. In our fight sequences, the way he would just hit marks, it came all from all his experience. You can't improvise that kind of experience. There's some crazy stuff that happens. There's lots of fire because as everyone knows by now, yes, he plays Firefly. There's crazy fire, crazy stunts, crazy drops. She's a biker chick, so you're going to see her do a bunch of badassery. Nice. Sounds like fun. Exactly. It definitely seems like this movie is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, It definitely seems like she's... She had to push herself as an actress, which is stuff you want to mm-hmm. hear. You want to hear the hear that kind of stuff because that means that um, she's really giving it her all. Um, she also talked about our other favorite Batman, Michael Keaton. Yeah, the goat. Right. So it was funny. She says that the directors, 
I think it was, it's the guys with Falal. The Bad and, Boys. The yeah, Bad the guys. Boys, three directors. Right, the Bad Boys, three directors. And she was like, they were like two little kids. They're they're Batman nerds, so like all of us. <laughs> so it was cool to read a little bit about that. Uh, she says she wants to say more about it, but she can't, which was kind of weird to me because I'm like, you're not saying anything, so can you just not speak about it at all? Sound, sounds like it. Right? Um, yeah, but it was, fun. it was a fun interview to read. I think it was in THR. Yes. Right? Variety. Um, sorry, Variety. Was it Variety? Okay. Yeah. Uh, she spoke highly of, again, Frazier, Keaton, and J.K. Simmons. So yes. she's surrounded by just A-list veteran talent uh, to help her get through this and probably what is like her first big action uh, action movie. Yes. Um, it was great. You know, when she's talking about the badassery and the, and the fighting sequence, like in my, and the, and the biker chick stuff, I'm instantly thinking of like Carrie and Moss and matrix movies. Right. You know, yeah. just that type of just kick ass takes no BS from anyone just going at it full throttle type of action. So we'll see. And those guys, those directors directed the hell out of that bad boys three movie. So like, I fully believe that we are in for some action heavy uh, stuff in this film, uh, which is great because I I can't wait to see what we're in store for. But, you know, just she just her enthusiasm just reeks through that article. You could tell she's pumped for it. And, uh, you know, she seems to be really diving deep into the world of Babs and everything. And just, you know, it's it, it's great that she she's just excited again everyone's excited keaton's back obviously because you know he's he's he was my first batman so like to bring him back after all these years is a wonderful thing and just you know just just pumped just really happy it, it's a wonderful article it's on all our socials so if you want to read it uh do a little scrolling but uh, well worth your time and just just fantastic so I, I i love positivity like this it's it really just helps me look forward to it and just i'm really hyped and and even gets me excited for the Flash in a way because this is kind of a sequel to the Flash in a sense, right? Kind of like a, right. a weird in a weird way, you know. Um, so, yeah. and with everything going on with Ezra in that movie, um, <laughs> you know, you're kind of like, okay, this is it's just cool. It's kind of you know the, the hype train is just on the tracks and it's ready to roll. Yeah, and they asked. It's funny they they end the, the uh, interview asking her jokingly about Batgirl too, right? They're like, "Oh, when does that start?" And she said they spoke about it, but she does kind of give little hints to what's going to be in this movie. So she says there's a love story, um, mm. which uh, I'm wondering what that means. We know that uh, Babs maybe, has had love interests, of course. Maybe a little Dick Grayson, right? Maybe there's something there we don't know. Maybe we're going to get a Robin somewhere. We'll see. Um, obviously the father daughter relationship she talks about as well. Um, which of course is a huge, has always been a huge part of the Batgirl story, uh, her relationship with her father. So I'm really, uh, really looking forward to this one. I, I'm, the more we get about it, the happier I, I, I am about that. We're actually getting this, Me too. this follow up. So looking forward to this one for sure. Guys, definitely read the, check out the interview. It's in variety. Uh, it's an awesome, awesome, um, little piece there. All right, so we got some other got another bit of news. We actually had it for last show, but I didn't talk about it. I kind of skipped over it uh, for, to hold it for this one, and I'm kind of glad I did. And of course, I'm talking about HBO Max is going to develop an Aqualad story, um, or based on "You Brought Me the Ocean," and Charlize Theron is there to produce it. So. That was an interesting pull when I heard that it was her because I had no idea she even knew about like like this stuff. Oh <laughs> uh, so. well, she's kind of di- d- uh, dived. Uh, what's the proper term? She's dove. she's really dove into the the uh, 
the genre stuff as of late. You know, she did Atomic Blonde. She's in all. She's now a very big part of the fin, uh, fantastic, of the Fast and Furious franchise. So you know, like it's it's interesting. And Mad Max as well. She did that. So like she's been doing uh, these genre movies. So it kind of makes sense to me that she would kind of want to delve into something comic book related. But I don't know. Maybe she's a yeah. big fan of the ocean. I don't know what her attraction to Aqualad and Aquaman would right. be. Um, I think it's all great news. Uh, I love uh, Calderon. Uh, I think he's he's a cool character. I'm interested to find out where this falls. Is this because typically Jackson, you know, he's portrayed as the son of Black Manta. So is this is this a possible mm. HBO Max spinoff, a la Batgirl, a la right. Penguin, a la Peacemaker? Is this or is this connected to Titans somehow? Because there was an Aqualad in Titans last there season. There was. Um, or is this its own thing? I, I, I don't know. And that's, that's you know, those are the questions I have. And that's what's really interesting me because like, oh, it'd be cool to see Yaha pop up in the show if it's related to, to Aquaman, Momomo Aquaman, right? Like, mm-hmm. that would be fun. Maybe, maybe Willem Dafoe pops up. I don't know. Maybe it's Amber Heard. <laughs> I know she's I'm pretty sure this. that's not going to happen. But <laughs> <laughs> she's a lot lately, recently, but it would be interesting to see if it's tied into the greater DCEU or if it's not. And somehow he pops up on Titans at some point next season. I don't know, but these are all cool. Just little fan speculations and I'm down for it. I think it would be cool. I, I mean, I, I got no problem if it's in a different universe and we've got a different version of Black Manta. I would be fine for it. The more I get of that giant helmet, the better. <laughs> yeah. That suit is fantastic. Um, the Black Manta suit in Aquaman was one of the best things about the film. So good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but do you think maybe they're developing some kind of Young Justice series out of this? Uh, isn't that what Titans is? Aren't you being a little redundant? Yeah, I guess you're right. Right? Like, That's do you want to do that, essentially? Yeah, yeah I, I guess you're right. That's a good point. So I was just so. wondering if they're, that might be something they're doing with all of these younger character takes on characters or maybe building a different one having like blue beetle in it and then batgirl and supergirl like maybe something Mm -hmm. in that kind of i don't know but you're right it would be kind of redundant um if they were doing it charlize also was in the old guard on netflix that movie and that's also a comic book okay um, adaptation so yes so she you're right she has been delving into these kinds of uh these kind of um ips recently but yeah man this this sounds great uh, any, like I said, I'm always down for anything that's going to expand um, the universe and expand these, the storytelling that we get and bring new people into these characters and to this world that I've grown up loving so much and you have as well. So, well, yeah. it's also great because like for years and this changed with Momoa, obviously, but Aquaman has been such a joke. Yeah. You know, the whole DC Atlantis thing has never been as well perceived as um, Namor and his version of Atlantis over in Marvel. Right. You know, uh, Jeff Johns, when he took over uh, Aquaman for the new 52, he kind of changed things a little bit. And then Momoa did his thing when he got cast and his movie did great, obviously made a billion dollars. So it, it's just, it, it's cool to see a character or characters who have not really been respected in the past kind of get their due. And uh, that's, that, that's what I'm really excited for, you know, like, yeah, to, to get two Aqualads in, in, you know, less than a couple of years is pretty exciting for me, to be honest with you. Yeah, you're right about that. My the nickname I was given was a joke in high school as Aquaman. So you're 100 percent correct that Aquaman has traditionally been the, the butt of jokes. Yeah, 
as a character. And Robot Chicken's been doing it for it seems yep. like a decade. Oh yes, Robot Chicken. Yes. So, uh, but yeah, let's let's get more of this stuff. Let's bring this stuff. Um, let's bring these characters in. Aqualad could be a very nice jumping point, and uh, maybe we'll get some others, uh, other of the youngsters, I guess, um, going forward, and see what happens. We'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. So. One title that got announced that we talked about here and I've been vocal about with you guys anyway, about always wanting it uh, as kind of a joke, but I kind of did want it. And now we're getting it is the Wonder Twins. And we finally have our cast are two. Uh, we, sorry, we have, finally have Zan and Jaina cast um, KJ Apa from Riverdale and 1883 actress Isabel May will play Jaina. And KJ Abel will play Zan. Mm-hmm. So I do not watch. I did not watch Riverdale. I know who he is just from the face. So um, I guess he's cool. And I have watched a couple minutes of 1883. And uh, Isabel May is a very, very talented up and coming actress. So I'm really looking forward to see what they're going to do. As we know, this is supposed to be a comedy, which I guess is probably the only way it could work because the, the whole thing of it is ridiculous. <laughs> Their whole their whole process is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So it's supposed to be a, a comedy. So we'll see what happens. But Pete, what do you think that now we actually have them cast? So this is happening. Uh, I know little to nothing about the Wonder Twins. I know of them. I don't know really anything about them. Uh-huh. And that's kind of exciting for me is when characters who I don't know kind of come uh, forward, uh, like like Moon Knight is right now for Marvel. That's the yeah. that's the character I know little to nothing about, except for appearances in a few video games. And it's exciting to kind of learn about this character as I go along, because you know you can only buy so many comic books. Let's be honest, and I own way too many. Is there? So <laughs> Moon Knight didn't make the cut. Neither did the Wonder Twins. But um, I'm excited for this. Uh, I'm very interested to see what the, these characters are about. I I know they were big on Supervents, correct? That was when you were a kid. So yeah. you kind of grew up with them for there. So uh, maybe I'll go out and uh, see if I can find Super Friends somewhere. Maybe I'll I'll buy it on iTunes and check it out there. Just trying to do some homework. Um, I'll even give uh, Riverdale a shot. I've been meaning to watch that. I haven't watched it yet. It's actually kind of been one of those shows that's kind of been on the back burner because there's so many comic book related superhero shows that I can't find time to watch everything that I want because I want to for I want to pay attention to the capes and tights stuff the most. So, uh, you know, I don't know about you. Will you go back and check out Riverdale and these shows just to get an idea of uh, of this guy's, of these characters, our acting abilities? I'll, I'll, yeah, I might check out Riverdale. I, like I've heard. Or two. I'm not saying binge watch a season or not. You know? No, I've heard good things about Riverdale. Uh, it's obviously based on the Archie comic. So I've, I know the characters a little bit just mm. from reading the Archie comic as a kid. But, um, yeah, I definitely would go check it out to see what, what his acting ability is like. And like I said, 1883 is a. Yellowstone prequel. I don't know oh. if you watch Yellowstone, but it's Yellowstone. No, prequel. I haven't. Everyone yeah. loves it though. Yeah, and um, May play Isabel May plays a character on 1883, and I didn't, I haven't been faithfully watching it, but I've caught parts of it, and she's very talented. So I'm hoping that this casting goes well. I again, if it's supposed to be a comedy, it's a different kind of style for the, these two. So comedy is always a different world. So we'll see mm-hmm. how it goes. But you should definitely look back um, and check in on on some of the Wonder Twins adventures. From, <laughs> from there is a comic book, the Super Friends comic book that um, back from the seventies that they're in, mm-hmm. uh, and it ex- kind of explains their story. So, okay. I think Bendis recently did a, a Wonder Twins comic for DC. 
uh, within the past couple of years. Actually, it's funny. The, the last two Archie comics I read were Archie vs. Predator. <laughs> that, that was published. And it was Harley and Ivy and the two girls, uh, the two lead, uh, girls from Archie. Like they, they kind of, they had a crossover with those two. So those are the last two Archie comics that I've read. And uh, that's I, fantastic. I, I thought they were very interesting. Archie vs. Predator was fascinating i i i bought it solely because i thought it was absolutely like ridiculous i was like why are they doing this but um they did and i enjoyed it so (laughs) just totally off just totally on off topic because this popped into my head when you said that did you have did you ever read the batman vs aliens yes okay all right superman vs aliens yes i have all right batman vs predator Uh mm-hmm yeah. I, okay. I did a, I did an episode with JJ Hodges on his uh Comics for Junkies podcast on uh, Superman Aliens. Okay. So go check that out. That's a good listen. Uh, I right. love a good mullet Superman. All right. I just want yeah, I was just wondering if you'd ever read it. You ever I read haven't, those? but no, I haven't. But I've always I remember seeing the art for it and I did like how it looked. They so. are they're hard to track down these days, but right. if you can, I, I I highly suggest them. They're not the greatest uh, comics in the world, but they're definitely entertaining when they, you combine those two uh, franchises. Yeah, like it's out it's out of the normal mm-hmm. what you would think of the normal at least for Batman. Superman definitely you could see him fighting aliens, but for Batman it's a, to me it's a little bit out of his realm. So it'd be probably cool to just read and see what that's like. And the most recent one was Batman and Superman versus Alien and Predator. So there was oh, wow. a lot going on. Oh, there's a lot going on there. Oh damn! All right. <laughs> wow, sounds like it. sounds like a whole series you have to get agree to get into. So that it's, be... it's not bad. It's fun. I mean, you know, just like I said, combining a lot of the things you love outside of normal continuity is always adventurous to me. You know, and yeah. I, I dig it. Like it's it's one of those things. Like when they print that stuff, it's like I'm gonna check that out because I'm curious. You got me. All right. So maybe yeah, maybe I'll give it a read. I'll go look at it and give it a read. I think you'll probably have to f- find it digitally. That's fine. We'll find it. Hoopla, as Ryan Lauer would say. <laughs> well, we have more casting news, and we actually have to take a little bit of a mea culpa on on this one because we had reported, even though it wasn't finalized, that Sharon Stone would be joining the cast of Blue Beetle, and apparently she is not now. She was supposed to be. Um, I'm not she, taking any blame for this. I just right. regurgitate what I read on the <laughs> trades. Exactly. It's the trades fault. <laughs> right. So she was supposed to play Victoria Cord, a new character that was being created for the film, but now she is not. Uh, it the oh, excuse me, the role is going to Susan Sarandon. So, a little bit of an interesting switch. Uh, very similar style actresses, I would say, from the same. They're around the same age. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're, we're popular for movies in the same time period, so it's a very simple way for my brain to go. Okay, I get it one to another, but um, yeah, it's not going to be Sharon Stone. It's going to be Susan Sarandon. So, in the words of the great Stu Mocker, she's no Sharon Stone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I'm fine with it. I mean, hey, look, replace one great actress with another great actress. Like, right. okay, great. Uh, just great again. The cast of Blue Beetle looks fantastic. Um, so many, so many big names are in this. I can't wait. Again, it's very similar to what uh, Leslie Grace is doing with um, uh, Batgirl. They're just yep. surrounding, and I forget the lead's name in Blue Beetle, but they're surrounding him with wonderful talent. Zoro Marduena. All right. Okay, Big Z. Uh, <laughs> X. X. Oh, okay. X. <laughs> X going to give it to you. Um, all right. Uh, you know, okay. X marks the spot. 
So uh, again, surrounding him with just wonderful talent, a lot of you know, just experience. So he's, he, I hope he soaks it up like a sponge and, and learns a lot from these great uh, actors, as, as Leslie just said in, in our previous story. So uh, this is just another one. And uh, I'm excited. I can't wait. I'm dying to find out what Victoria did with Ted. Yeah, I'm, I agree. I'm really, um, I'm really interested in this movie because I know really nothing about Blue Beetle except for um, Injustice. <laughs> so and he's Injustice one of the best. Game. He's one of the most fun characters playing that game. Yeah. So I'm very much looking forward to this. Uh, again, Susan Sarandon is a great actress, but like we talked about in the past, George Lopez is also in this. Uh, so there, there's there's established actors who people know and names that people know in this movie that um that can help Zolo get to. I mean, portray the character because we don't. Again, we don't know um, what's going to happen. He, but I do watch Cobra Kai. He is on Cobra Kai. That's the role that he broke out. It was his breakout role, and he's very good in it. He's one of the better. I think the show is. I'm kind of iffy on the show overall, mm-hmm. but he's he's very good. He plays Miguel um, in the show, and he's very good. So, of all the child, the young actors, I think he's the best one. So, right. that's, so it looks that's like a we good, got a looks like yeah. we got a stud. Yeah, so we'll see what's happening going forward with with this. But Susan Sarandon, we're sorry, everyone, if you are getting your hopes up for Sharon Stone, that is not happening now. It is. I Susan don't see Sarandon. how you can complain, but I'm sure somebody is. <laughs> well, if they complain to us for reporting it, uh, if we didn't, we don't cast people. Like we just, like you said, we just report what we read. That's it. We we give it back to the people. So, all right. So our next story is is a comic one. We haven't done really a, a comic based story in a while, but it does um, revolve around. I think we both really like this guy. Jeff Johns is a fantastic writer. And <laughs> so he's back in the news, in the comic news, and he's doing a follow-up to flashpoint called flashpoint beyond. And I'm not going to get into the whole nuts and bolts of it. Um, it just, the guys posted the article, so you can go read it. It's an IGN article. Um, and they're kind of interviewing him about it's actually an interview. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interview. He's going on. They ask him about the, the point behind it. Why did it need a sequel? Um, it basically, it revolves around the Thomas Wayne character. Mm-hmm. I'll just put it up, kick that off there. I know. I think it's out already, right? Pete, I think the issue is yeah, zero. I have, it, I have it in my hand right now. Yeah. So you have, you, I, we talked a little bit. You have it. Read, I'm going to read it tomorrow. That's probably what I'm going to do. But very interesting. Uh, you know, it, I, this lines up more with what I feel like I enjoyed with that Thomas Wayne Batman more than what Tom King did in his run. Um, it's you know, it's going back to Flashpoint. Um, I don't, I don't think that's a spoiler because it is called Flashpoint Beyond. So right. we're, we're going back <laughs> to that world, obviously. Yeah, that was a given. Um, so cool, you know, and you know, they tease, you're going to see other characters, Barry Allen's in this book, uh, Martha Wayne Joker's in this book, you know, so you're, you're going back full circle into that. And, you know, Jeff was like, this is a grander scheme tale. This isn't just about Thomas Wayne Batman. This is going to affect the DCU as a whole. So this seems to be what this seems to me is Jeff Johns doing what Jeff Johns does best resetting the DCU for a, for a, for a a new audience, you know? Flashpoint did that. It led us right into the new 52. Uh, Jeff was a big part of Rebirth. Um, so, you know, he he is he is a very talented comic book writer. Uh, I, whenever his name pops up on a book, it is, uh, it's must read in my opinion. 
Um, I know there's certain people who have certain issues. <laughs> uh, th- those issues are not my problem. Mine either. Uh, so I will, I will read this book and I will, I will enjoy it. I'm sure I will because I can't remember the last time Jeff Johns wrote something I didn't like. Um, you know, uh, at least coming from a comic book standpoint. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I'm all well, in. I can't wait to see. And, well, he's uh, also involved with Star Girl, and we both like Star Girl. That so. is true. Yeah, yeah, there definitely. You, you know, Star Girl is one of his his high points, and yeah. you know, he's he, his name's all over various shows. Uh, Batwoman, his name pops up. He gets an EP credit on that. So, you know, I, I, like everybody else, he's had some uh, misfires uh, when it of comes course. to television. So, uh, but you know, th- this is his bread and butter. This is you know, this is where he made his name. This is the comic book industry, and you know, uh, like I said, when I see his name on a cover, chances are I'm going to buy it. Yeah. I agree. As someone who doesn't read comics faithfully like you do, if I see his name, I usually do buy it or read it. So I'm definitely looking forward to this. Now, the setup for this is a little different because it starts with issue zero. um, And that's kind of a prologue to the rest of the story. Uh, So the starting with issue one, he's it's a it's a writing collaboration with Tim Sheridan, who's who's a, you know, a, a name we all know and love. Right. And Jeremy Adams as well. So. So the first one is with the, uh, sorry, the writer, I'm losing his name. No, the artist, Eduardo Risso. Um, and it's, it's the night of vengeance it's called, right? I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. 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 So, so yeah. So guys look forward for this book. Uh, I don't, again, I don't want to discuss it too much because, uh, we don't this, want spoilers. We want right. you to read and enjoy it. Right. You, and you can read the article to get the information that we have here. Lots of spoilers in the article. There are. The Yes. The things I do for my wonderful listeners. <laughs> yes, but obviously it deals with time, time travel, time travel. Sorry, I can't even speak right now. Um, you got lay in your <laughs> Yeah, I know. And, uh, you know, a lot of concepts that we're familiar with are in going to be in this story. So just look out for it. But I told Pete before I'm actually going to read this. So I hope so. The last comic book Eric read was Bat Cat One and uh I think I read we, half, did you? Half of, I think I read half of two as well and then I just <laughs> We did a live stream on that and then Eric never kept up with it. We, we should have continued to do the live streams, then that it would have forced me to read it. That was the point, and then who dropped the ball? Hmm? Wait, why am I getting blamed for dropping the ball? Because you stopped reading it. I can't force you to read it. You, all I you had to say it. was, Eric, we're doing the next live stream, blah, blah, blah. I would have read it. So I I'm in charge. It. I'm in charge. Eric just said I'm in charge. This is a collaboration. I, I tell him what you just told. You just said, I tell you what to do. <laughs> if you wanted to do another show, yes, you should have said that to me. I would have done it. So that means I'm the executive producer. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Moving right along. <laughs> Where's my t- I'll get you a t-shirt. You're an AP. You deserve a t-shirt. Every good AP. Oh, I'm an EP. Remember, I even put it in my Twitter handle when everyone was being APs. I'm like, who the hell wants to be an AP? I want to be an EP. So I was I an AP for 10 time. years. <laughs> That's true. You really were. <laughs> I was. I was. You were an actual AP. So that <laughs> you you win. This I earned argument. a paycheck. All right. So we're going to. We're going to shift gears a little bit. We're going to go into first, we'll do an Eric stuff thing, a Star Wars thing. Uh, and then we'll, <laughs> and then we're going to jump a little bit into Marvel uh, because th- as far as 10 pole films, the next big one is um, Doctor Strange 2 in the Multiverse of Madness. So mm-hmm. we'll hit that. But there's a little story about the Obi Wan Kenobi show. And it's Eric's in, got a semi right now. It's <laughs> wow. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's in ET. Uh, it's a. It was on Entertainment. Sorry, it's in e- Entertainment Weekly. I'm saying Entertainment Tonight. What the hell am I talking about? Well, it's their fault. Their names are too similar. <laughs> so it takes place. So really quickly, it takes place ten years after the events of Revenge of the Sith. Uh, we have Obi Wan now hiding because obviously the Jedi are being hunted down, and he knows that's going on. And the Empire is making all their changes within that time period. So it's very, it's that's kind of where the story is beginning, and that's where if you've watched any other of the Star Wars animated stuff, you've heard of people, things like Inquis- the Inquisitors, and they're involved in this as well. And um, yeah, like. Obi-Wan Kenobi is arguably the most famous Jedi because of what he did, how he defeated and He really won every big battle for them during the Clone Wars. Was Luke ever a Jedi? Yes. He was? He was. Okay. okay. Yes. So, um, but during this time period anyway, because this is pre-Luke, right? So we're not talking mm-hmm. about what happened with Luke and then on. Luke is a little boy in this story. So it's the synopsis of the story sounds fantastic. And guys, again, go check out his Entertainment Weekly. But Pete, you read the article. Uh, you have seen all the movies. Will you watch this? It, here, this. It, it, I mean, it's kind of like Yellowstone. It's it's not really in my wheelhouse, right? But like, you know, if it's good enough, I'll have to give it a shot at some point. I haven't watched Mandalorian yet. I, it, it's it's a big maybe for me, not being a huge Star Wars guy. Um, you know, with all the capes and tight stuff, even the stuff that's kind of average, a la, you know, Legends of Tomorrow and all that jazz, I've got, right. you know, that, that's that's more my stuff. But, you know, if, if it's getting rave reviews, I'll give it a shot, you know? I mean, worst case scenario, I'll probably, best case scenario, I'll probably like it more than Loki. Because <laughs> so, I didn't like that one. That's a, that's a capes and tights I didn't get into. So It's a slow, Loki's a slow burn. It is. It's very slow. Uh, that's, yeah. I mean, it's about a slow so. dune. <laughs> oh, Dune is so good. Anyway, so good. I <laughs> I'm sorry, Leia. Leia, me and Leia were passing. <laughs> yeah, she's she's starting up now. It's getting louder. But all right, so I mean, I'm not. I wouldn't tell you watch it. Like you tell me with Batwoman, I'm not going to force you to watch. Uh, I'm. I will try to force you to watch Batwoman. I'm not <laughs> sorry, sorry, no, sorry. But anyone who is a fan of Star Wars. Uh, if read this article because it's it sets up a very very good picture of what we're going to get in this show and um yeah this this is one character who really defines the first six films he's one of the characters that defines the first six films in the story mm-hmm. So now he's getting his own little piece here to explain what happens in that bridge period between, like I said, episode three and episode four. And again, all this stuff with Star Wars, what they're doing now, just it just fleshes out and is more world building. And it's I can't wait. So just so you know, Judge struck out. So he's he's earning his money. <laughs> his next contract's going to be 700 million. Are they still winning? Uh, they're winning. OK, that's all I care about. But uh, he's, you know. He's batting like 290 or something like that, though. He's he's fine. Not worried about it. He better he's, hit 57 bombs if he wants to make that ca- that kind of cash, though. 57? Yeah, he turned down like 32 million a year. That's let's that's just, let's just get to 50. Not many guys hit 57 anymore. So <laughs> what was last? He last time he hit 50 was a long time ago. Yeah, his rookie year. Yeah. Rookie year. Figured All him right. out. They figured yeah. him out. 
No, he just got hurt. <laughs> For Gile. Yeah. That's you're right. We talked about this on the last show or the show before, but yeah, he's that's the one knock. He gets hurt. Pete and I are talking about Aaron Judge. We're talking about the Yankees. So you know baseball's back. And because baseball's back, I'm sliding into home plate this spring with my freshly shaved balls. Wait, what? You heard that right. My balls are even smoother than Trey Turner's slide after partnership with Manscaped. The global leaders in below-the-waist grooming are helping men take care of their baseballs because chicks don't only dig the long ball, but also clean balls. Join the other 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code GOTHAM. Not only is April the beginning of baseball season, but it is also Testicular Cancer Awareness Month. Manscaped has partnered with the Testicular Cancer Society to bring awareness to testicular cancer, men's health, and early cancer detection. Manscaped is committed to raising awareness for the most common form of cancer in men aged 15 to 35 and giving support for fighters, survivors, and families impacted by testicular cancer as part of their We Save Balls initiative. So don't forget to trim your bat and balls with Manscaped to get into the MVP discussion this season. Most valuable player, of course, with the code GOTHAM for 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code Gotham at manscaped.com. All right, we'll go back to this a little bit more Yankees maybe at the end, but uh, let's move forward. Let's go now. We'll stay with the Disney label, but we'll move to now Marvel. And like we, like I said, Doctor Strange 2 is coming out on May 6th. And one of the main characters in it is everyone's favorite witch. Wanda. Not mine. <laughs> Who's Not your favorite mine. witch? Who's your favorite uh, witch? Uh, Samantha. Okay. Samantha Stevens. All right. <laughs> that works. <laughs> I got a thing for blondes. But anyway, and nose twinkling? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, as we know where we left, the last time we saw Wanda was in WandaVision. And how the show ended. I know you have an issue with how the show ends. Terrorizing New Jersey. Um, I'm a jerk. <laughs> but now we know that she is in... We know she's in Doctor Strange 2. And there's been rumors about the role she plays. And who, where is she at in this story. And it seems like she's at the place where she's learning how to use all the, the magic from the Darkhold book. Mm. Which is where we saw her last. She's trying to master the dark magic, the dark arts. There's def- We saw in a little teaser recently that we see her kids again, which are, who are in WandaVision. We see her, kind of, and then they kind of disappear. So there's a little bit of that listed there, uh, put in there. Real. Yep. So we don't know what's going on with that and where her mindset is. But clearly she's not in a good place, uh, I don't think. So they asked Elizabeth Olsen specifically about her role and is she a villain and she's kind of being ambiguous, but she did say it's not the most fun in my mind to always play the hero of a story where they do no wrong. She continued. I don't find that interesting. I think the reason why I really enjoyed Wanda from the beginning is that she very, she's very clear in her beliefs. They just don't align with others and that's okay. She'll have her own realizations and admit when she makes mistakes. So, Pete, you read the article. Really? She admits when she makes mistakes? It doesn't <laughs> seem like it happened in the WandaVision. I knew that was coming. I knew that was coming. Um, 
Her um, words, not mine. She's. I mean, there's a lot that happened at the end of WandaVision uh, that we could Wolf get into owner. and talk about. <laughs> <laughs> the White Vision. Um, that was cool. Yes. Uh, Monica Rambo. That was cool, too. Right? Like, there's a bunch of things that happened in that show that are, I can't wait to see what happens. And I wonder if they're going to touch on in this film. We don't know what we're going to happen what's going to happen but it does definitely sound like from what we've been seeing she is kind of a bad guy now do you think she will stay a bad guy through the whole movie or will she have a redemption i'm not sure but i definitely do think she's the villain um and this is that's you know a role that she's not really uh, unfamiliar with like remember the right. first time we saw her yes she was a villain in ultron mm-hmm. so and she says that she thinks that the audience may not like what they see right in terms of characterization of wanda so i'm very interested to see that uh, I hope that uh, Doctor Strange makes her pay for her crimes, and uh, she, uh, you know, I'm I'm very interested. That, a lot of the again, like the whole like multiverse stuff is cool. Yes, but the confrontation between Wanda and Strange could be pretty epic. You know, yeah, like we got like we we just got that little like one minute teaser recently. Yeah, that's what I was talking about, and you see kind of that, and you see the horror elements too. You see Strange with the two eyes, and then the one on top of his head. Yeah, he has the three eyes. You can like, see you Sam Raimi doing his thing. Exactly, you see that Raimi's touch there. So, I'm. I mean, we both have been talking that like, we're very much looking forward to this film. But yeah, I'm really interested to see where where Wanda goes because she's one of the to me she's one of the more complex, interesting characters in the MCU. So, I'll give you that definitely. Yeah. Yeah, so this is going to be a fun tale, and I'm gonna, I like Elizabeth Olsen in this role, even though the accent bothers me from time I to time. I was just going to bring that up. Like, do you think the accent's going to stick, or do you think she just gets rid of it totally? Well, that's the thing. In the clip, she has it. But I feel like in WandaVision, she didn't have it. She didn't. You're right. right. And maybe, even it, maybe that was intentional. I don't know, because that's kind of like dream world, right? Like, it's not really- But she didn't have it in Endgame either. I don't remember that, but okay. Yeah. She didn't have it. What is up with these MCU actors and accents? Like Black Widow never had an accent. Wanda can't keep an accent. What's going on here? I mean, well, at least with Black Widow, they made the decision not to give it to her from the beginning. So that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. But in Age of Ultron, she has an accent and it gets less and less as as her, as her arc continues. Yeah. It just gets less and less. And I guess that ha- could happen with people if they move somewhere and they're not around people who speak that way. You might you definitely lose your accent a little bit, but not completely. So that is one of the problems with with the Wanda character, but I'm so looking forward to this film. I can't wait. Uh, I did. I already bought my tickets, so I'm in. I can't wait. To see when does it. the movie come out? May sixth. And you bought your tickets already? Yeah, I bought them oh. the day they came out. Wow, I, I'm just, I'm just gonna wait until May sixth. <laughs> <laughs> I do it for all the superhero movies. When as soon as yeah. they're announced, yeah. I buy them. Okay, I just, I just buy them. And Star Wars, that too. Those are the two things I'll buy right away. Uh, it's just something that I, I know I'm going to watch, so I might as well just buy tickets. All right, so moving right along, we also know we're getting, we've spoken about recently Guardians of the Galaxy 3. We spoke about James Gunn saying it's his final time doing it. Um, I don't know if it's the final time we're going to get a Guardians pro- um, project, but he said it and in this one we are getting a very famous marvel character who actually has a very big role in the infinity saga in the comics but he wasn't in it at all <laughs> and i'm talking about adam warlock uh he was kind of teased in the eternals a little bit um and now he's getting his shot 
and here in Will Will Poulter, uh, famous actor who was in um, um, Where the Millers. If everyone has ever seen Where the Millers, he plays the the redhead in that. Uh, I didn't know he was British, because uh, I had never seen him in anything where he had an act. <laughs> he was British. He, he must make a good cup of tea. I had no idea, but he is. He's British, so uh, he's. Did an, he did a recently did an interview with the independent and they asked him about his role. And he said, it's difficult talking about it because with Marvel, it's, it's all secret squirrel, which is definitely an English. British I've never heard comic. that term. Tom McClellan. You need, <laughs> I want a definition. What is secret squirrel? Yes, please enlighten us. Cause we have no idea what that means. Well, Mark, where's Mark? Hi, Mark. Well, Mark, Mark <laughs> Mark's Irish. Well, I'm in United Kingdom, you know, right? It's all the same thing. Right? <laughs> oh, you're you're you are going into some tricky territory, but let's just leave that alone. <laughs> all right, I Walter like Mark conti- and Tom. Everyone just letting it out there. <laughs> <laughs> Continuing on, Poulter says the most important thing is that your mental and physical health has to be number one, and that the aesthetic goals have to be secondary. Otherwise, you end up promoting something that is unhealthy, unrealistic, and if you don't have the financial backing of a studio, paying for your meals and training. I'm in a very privileged position in that respect, and you, I wouldn't recommend anyone do what I did to get ready for that job. So, he goes on to explain that he had different dietary routines to get in shape for this role. Uh He's in a maintenance phase. He's not eating a lot. He's trying to kind of stay in the way he is now. He's not. He's not cutting. He's maintaining his weight. If you've ever worked out, all these all these uh, terms are very familiar to you. But Pete, let me ask you something. Ask away. Completely related. Uh, kind of. Well, yeah. You said you don't know anything. Will Poulter's been in. That's what you said before, right? Uh, well, I, I didn't know he was in We're the Millers. Okay. So I was like, oh, wow, okay, that's that's something I remember. Okay, so that's the only thing now that I said that. that so now you know who he is. Yeah. Well, he's in Dope Sick as well, uh, the Michael Keaton, Amazon Prime. Oh, sorry, have, Hulu show. I haven't yeah, watched it. Yeah, he's in that as well. But um, what do you think about this this diet or this, this physical – When I first saw the article, I thought it was going to be about the role, not about his diet and his workout routine. Um, I was just like, well, I'm not doing that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go to Popeye's and I'm going to get a five piece wing. Um, (laughs) Right. It's crazy. He says he had to like. Go I, through I, this crazy trend. I mean, we heard we obviously the most famous one we all know is is Hugh Jackman's with Wolverine, um, well, or Christian Bale with whatever role he takes. You know, well, the was, Machinist. Yeah, when he yeah. lost all that weight to do the Machinist. Yes, like those are the two most popular that pop into my head. I remember reading that Jackman would like would eat nothing, and then he'd eat like broccoli and chicken, and then on the days that they were actually shooting, he would eat nothing, and then just eat like one of those Gatorade quick gel pack things and because if not he would have passed out oh my god that's so <laughs> horrible i know like but you have a bit different appreciation for them when you hear that because you're like I wow they the are dedication. really yeah, yeah right so yeah it sounds like he did the same thing for this um i don't know man i i, I mean adam warlock if you know the character he is obviously most superheroes are cut and of course he is so I'm, i guess I mean, if they're if i mean if they're paying you all that money i guess you got to do it Right. right, right. Chris Long, Pratt's the other one, yeah, and, or Chris Evans, or yep. Hemsworth. All the Chris's. 
Yeah. Um, long gone are the days of the natural physique superhero like Val Kilmer, right? Like Val, Val Kilmer. <laughs> Christopher Reeve. Yeah. Like, you know, Christopher Reeve wasn't a no. jack dude, even though he did put on a lot of muscle for Superman. He's still pretty thin. Um, but yeah, like, you know, you, you st- there's a couple shots of Val without a shirt on in Batman Forever, and he's very everyman. Yep. Uh, so, you know, it, it's cool. Like, I get it. And even Cavill, you know, Cavill looks like in, oh, God. A, a McGinnis version of Superman, just extra, you know, bubbly and muscular. Oh. And, uh, you know, it, it's cool. Uh, I appreciate the dedication. Uh, Momoa, he's another one. He's jacked. Um, you know, Ezra, actually, you know, <laughs> I know he's been getting a lot of negative press, but he, he's got the average man body. He doesn't look like he's, he's jacked. So that's cool. Uh, yeah. Hey, look, if you can do that, bravo. I'm going to eat me some pizza. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, clearly I'm with you there. Like I am yeah. not, I, unless someone was going to pay me that kind of money and pay for me to have that kind of diet and, and work out be happy than thin. <laughs> I will do it, but as soon as this was is over, I would be totally back to, to fat guy eating all the stuff I yeah. want to eat. So, I mean, we'll see what when we see the movie, we'll see how he looks, and we'll see if it paid off. But man, these every time I hear about these weird diets that they go on, you just appreciate kind of wow, these guys really go for it, and they really take the material seriously, yeah. which is which is awesome. I do. As, as soon as production's wrapped, I'm going to McDonald's and I'm getting like three quarter pounders, <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, get 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 a shake too, and yeah. all all the great stuff uh, that we haven't been eating with our broccoli, chicken, and Gatorade energy packets. That is uh, that is why they are actors, and we are pe- regular people. Right, that's why people know them, and they don't know us. People know us. Uh, anyway, all, all the wrong people. Yeah, that's true. All right, so. As you were so upset at the end of Endgame when when Tony snaps and dies, and because we know how much you love Iron Man, um, I think I was the only one who cheered. <laughs> there's a there's been a lot of discussion of what's going to go on with the character, but one thing we do know is coming is Iron Heart, which is the Riri Williams version of I guess I don't want to say Iron Man, but she kind of is. Uh, she meets Tony and and he kind of takes an interest in her and um, teaches her how to you know, build a suit and all that other stuff. And I thought she go. built a suit and Tony was right. more like a mentor. I thought yes. that was how it goes. Yes. Which we've now, we saw with your favorite character, Spider-Man. Anyway, uh, <laughs> spider heart. <laughs> so they have directors. That's what I'm getting. This the Disney plus series that we're getting. Um, they finally have the directors, Sam Bailey and Angela Barnes. Uh, I am not familiar with these two. I will say I do know I have seen Dear White People and I know Bailey um, did work on that show and movie. Mm. So I do know that. And it's that was fantastic. So it was very, very good there. Uh, and Ryan Coogler's production company is kind of involved with the project as well. So and there's some ties to the show uh, uh, Atlanta. There's ties there as well. Yeah. The which, Barnes. Yes. He, OK. So, you know, yeah. again, like just all positive things you know right we all we all love coogler creed black panther like the guy the guy's a stud you yep. know and then creed you, you, yeah your white people atlanta like everyone talks about these shows everyone raves about them so it's like okay in good hands let's see what you guys can do um interesting to see what they will do because iron man is traditionally heavily involved in riri's origin right and riri's introduction all that jazz uh 
how are they going to play it? Who's going to, who's going to be that sort of mentor role? I don't know. Um, but uh, that's, what's kind of interesting to me is this is similar, but different. Right. And uh, well, you know, again, just, okay. Like what I've been hearing, like the people involved, uh, you have piqued my interest as someone who's not a huge fan of Iron Man. I, you know, but like, there's a lot of those side characters that I dig so like war machine, obviously being right. the, the most prominent uh, Iron Man side character. Uh, so yeah, uh, definitely interested. Uh, we'll totally tune in. As I told you, this is a, uh, this is a superhero comic book show. This has, this is right up my alley and I will, uh, I'll give it a shot. Yes. Anthony Ramos, who also people know, have gotten to know now from in the Heights from Hamilton. He's going to be in the new transformers film. Um, he's also, he recently, I, we, we told everybody as well that he was added to the cast. So that's another guy, uh, another really strong, um, actor added to the cast and Dominique Thorne, who, all, who we also have reported will be playing Riri Williams in the show. So yeah. Um, Marvel so far, I know you didn't like Loki. I, it's not my, it's probably my least favorite of all of them, but I did like it. Uh, but so far they've had nothing but hits on the tv's front so yeah we'll see yeah i mean you know everyone's you know, for me uh winter a winter soldier falcon a winter soldier and uh uh hawk hawkeye were probably Hawkeye's the two fantastic. Big, yeah i yeah. really probably the two that i've enjoyed the most uh i'm really i'm only two episodes into moon knight thoroughly enjoying that myself so you know uh, they, as far as I'm concerned, they only had one that I didn't enjoy, and that was Loki, and that's a pretty damn good track record, if you ask me. Yeah, I mean, I agree. No, the shows, I've like I said, Loki's probably my least favorite, only because it is a slow burn, and you really have to pay attention uh, to most of it, because if you miss a little bit, you're going to just lose your place <laughs> in the story. But and That's not it, good for someone with ADD like me. <laughs> so, yeah, that's really not good. So, it's a bit, like I said, the slow moving uh, movement of it, and and but it did, it did kind of segue into everything that we have going on now with the multiverse. So mm-hmm. we will see what goes on with uh, what what Ironheart is. I'm sure it'll be fantastic. And again, it's another story uh, for little girls, right? Another story. Little girls have another superhero now that they yeah, can look, you, look at. Yeah, which you've is, got uh, Naomi, you've got yep. Star Girl, yeah, um, you know. Uh, and then you got the heavy hitters. You got Wonder Woman. You, you've got Black Widow, uh, Wanda. You know, it's, even though she kind of took a turn for the worst. Batgirl, Supergirl, Batgirl, Supergirl. So you know, it, it's nice to see that uh, girl powers out there. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, we've guy, we men have had Batwoman, so many can't years. Forget my favorite show, Batwoman. Oh, I'm sorry, Batwoman. We know I love Batwoman. Shout out to <laughs> shout out to Javisha Leslie. Yes, my hero. I do. I will say that. So the, the cast members of the ones that I met especially are very, very nice people. So shout out to them uh, as well. I'm sure they're dying to find out what you think of their latest season. <laughs> You're going to let me call Megan Tandy and see if I could get a, get a follow-up interview. I have I, to watch. Yeah. I have to catch up on the show. I'm not going to stop you from doing that. I think you should. <laughs> I have to catch up on the show first, but I think uh, it's great. I, you sh- Maybe you guys should do like a, a live stream watch together on Zoom. Right. I think that's great. I'm glad. Okay, so book it. You you call up Megan and we'll figure this out. We'll figure it out. Definitely. Yeah. All right. So I want to finish. Uh, let's, let's end this week with uh, a guy who has played very very noteworthy villains in many many films. I'm talking about Mads Mikkelsen 
he is recently, most recently now, he took over for Johnny Depp's um, character in the most recent Fantastic Beast film that just came out. And uh, specifically, though, he's going to be in Indiana Jones 5. And there's an article in THR that talks about um, his little his role in that. It's really about, obviously, Fantastic Beasts and just the fact that he's played so many different villains in so many different films. He was in Casino Royale. Uh, he's the villain in that. Uh, Love that movie. That might right? be my favorite Bond movie. Yeah, it's, a, it's an excellent it's movie. It's so good. Yes, I agree with you there. Um, he, he famously was on, he played Hannibal Lecter on the NBC show Hannibal. Uh, I mean, he's literally has made a career of playing bad guys, kind of like, um, um, what's his name? Alan Rickman. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. Alan, yeah, kind of like him mm-hmm. made a career of playing bad guys or presumed bad guys if you did watch the Harry Potter or you do know the Harry Potter story. Uh, so when he talks specifically about uh, when he talks about Indiana Jones five, he kind of touches on what it was like to work with Harrison Ford. Uh, and he said that Harrison Ford is just a really intense, like <laughs> intense guy. He said that he, they shot, did a night shoot, stopped at 5 a.m. And then Harrison Ford got on his mountain bike and went biking for 31 miles. <laughs> so that's how he stays in that great shape. Seriously. Like who does that? But he talks a little bit about the inspiration for the film as well. He said that going heavily back to the first and second film and getting that original feel, the original Indiana Jones, which of course, the I, I think the first and third films are the best. Uh, the second one, I do like it. I think it gets a lot. Temple of, of Doom is my favorite. Yeah, no, that's my least favorite of those. I love it. Three. It's a uh, horror movie. I, I, I love Short Round. I love Short Round. Well, yeah, that's a, he's a great character. Yeah. I don't like Kate Capshaw's character. Uh, um, oh, she's just a damsel in distress always. Yeah, but her voice is just annoying in the film, and I, I know she's Steven Spielberg's wife at the time, or she might still be. I don't know. Is that so, why she got cast in the role? I did not know. That, that would be my guess. Is that's why she got it? But so she's like the Jennifer Holland. <laughs> yeah. Indiana Jones. Yeah. Okay. So that'd be my guess. I don't know for sure, but. Uh, he also says that even though James Mangold, who we know did um, Logan and The Wolverine and Ford vs. Ferrari, uh, he's taking over directing duties. Steven Spielberg still is kind of heavily involved. It still feels mm. like a Spielberg film. Uh, so, Pete, does this little tidbit Yeah, get me going. Yeah, yeah. yeah, definitely, totally. Um, because while I don't hate Crystal Skull, it is kind of, it's a bit out there. It's, you know. I feel like Indiana Jones should be a little bit more grounded. Uh, but then again, it's like, is he ever really grounded? Right. <laughs> you know, Maldoran's pulling guys' hearts out and you're talking about the Ark. So it's like, it, all of a sudden, Aliens is too far out there. Way to go, Peter. Um, you know, shout out to Justin Kowalski who wants Batman in space and I don't. So anyway. <laughs> I did not hear this. We're going to have to talk about this development. I did not hear this. Oh, no. Just he's, he's tweeted about it. He's, he's trolling. <laughs> it's ju- it's Justin doing what Justin does best. Um, but yeah, no, just it's cool how that he says that like, going back to the eighties, you know, the, the original movies, and you know, like I said, I, I don't hate Crystal Skull, but it does kind of feel a little bit weird. I, I, I enjoy it; it's not my favorite. I, I watch it, you know. It, it's not the first indie movie that I pop in, and you know, it, it's not one that I'm always dying. It doesn't it doesn't scratch the itch. Um, right. So this is cool, and again, like having an actor the caliber of mads is like yes dude this guy like when he is just whipping daniel craig's balls like, <laughs> I, am, I am i am hurting like i was like oh 
Oh, dude. seriously. Oh, that... bro. You know, like it's it, it, I I can't think of a guy, an actor who has consistently just been such an evil. You know, and this goes back to even like his Doctor Strange stuff. Like he is a great villain, fantastic villain, to the point where I'm like, Matt Reeves, what can this guy do in Batman? You know, like you're just dying to see him do something or anything, anything. Like he's the type of villain where it's like, if he's the bad guy, my butt's in the seat. You know, and I'm I'm really pumped for him just being in that role. And it's cool how he just says like, you know forge intimidating and everything and he does his own stunts and all that jazz and you're just like and you know it's you know Harrison Ford he was Tom Cruise before Tom Cruise and before Tom Cruise let everybody know about it so it's it's cool it's it, it gets me pumped you know I'm I'm excited I, I really am yeah it's weird the one good guy he played he was in Rogue One um I don't remember him in Rogue One yeah he played um Galen Erso Jin's father Okay. The one who won the one who they were getting to build the Death Star. Okay. Uh, he played him. And, I don't remember uh, that. Okay. Yeah, and so that's like the most recent good guy. Because I was trying to think about what good guys has he played. Can I think of any? And that was the only one that came to mind. So I love this guy. Like I, I you're right. If he's in something, I will watch it. Um. Because he's just such a good actor, and when he plays a bad guy, he just—he's he, so believable. Yeah, he's um, really good. Like, man, I just—I just want him to be the villain in every movie. To be <laughs> so uh, we'll see. We'll just, see. Just, you know, as much as I like, he's probably the one thing I like in Doctor Strange the most because everyone knows I'm not a huge fan of that movie. But it's like, damn, he got wasted. It's like Jude Law and Captain Marvel. Like, they wasted you in that. You know, you could, you could, well, I like Dr. Strange and I think he's fantastic in it. So, so it's fine. With that's me. my opinion. But, uh, but he, yeah, um, he, he's just great. And that little bit about Indiana Jones, uh, you're right. It does kind of, cause I like, I don't always think that that movie's coming. It kind of gets out of my mind that it's a down the road. And then you, you read something like this, you're like, okay, get you coming. Going. Yeah. yeah. It, you know, this is really going to happen soon. So, I'm sure we'll be getting more and more. It's supposed to come out next year, so I'm sure we'll be getting more and more information as mm. as the movie approaches. But yeah, uh, you're right. Mads would be great uh, in in a Batman film. Who would? Which villain do you think he would could play? I, the the man is such an amazing actor. It doesn't matter anyone. Anyone yeah. you'd want to see him play? And don't say the Joker, please. Don't say the Joker. Why? He's already been cast. He's out of the piece. He's, uh, he's we don't know, but no, I'm kidding. Go ahead. Uh, I, I, I don't know. Like, uh, I would, I, I'd be down. I, I, I mean, Mr. Freeze is really popular right now. That'd be cool. Uh, um, I don't know. What if he plays Maroney for all I know? You know, like, it, 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 this. I think Freeze would new. be. I think that's Freeze the popular choice right now for whatever the sequel is. Like everyone kind of brings up Mr. Freeze or whatever, whatever Reeves has planned. But, you know, again, the man is so talented that I believe whatever role he's cast in will just be right. wonderfully acted. Right. Yeah. Give us, and give, terrifying. Us, give us an obscure villain. That's what I would like. That's really what I he's want. He's too I, tall to be Mad Hatter. I'd like, I, I'm dying yeah. for a Mad Hatter in live action. That's true. Um, uh, you know, he. Could, I think he would make a terrifying Zaz, but we've had a lot of Zazes. Yeah. Um. You know. Uh. I don't want to say Man Bat because I feel like that gets lost in the CGI transformation. 
you know, he, you know, he would nail Langstrom. There's no doubt. I'm, I'm just, I'm looking at tr- my, my library here and I'm, I'm trying to, <laughs> trying to guess. Yeah. Uh, I, he would, I think he'd make a good Harvey Dent two face. That's a good one. You know, I think that he could do that one. really well. Um, that's a good one. That's a very good one. You know, actually, I, I do think freeze, like I said, freeze would be a good one. Jonathan Crane, scarecrow comes to mind. I mean, he, he would been a perfect race, uh, but we had him already. So, yeah, uh, I again, it doesn't matter. I know it really doesn't. But if I'm I'm trying to think of I want to get a villain we haven't had uh, next. So mm-hmm. that's where that's where my mind immediately goes. Again, I don't care who they pick. Again, like Clayface is popular. I don't know if you want to do like the the original Clayface, which is the actor who changes his look or whatnot, or you want to do the more modern Clayface, which is. I would kind of like lean towards like, I don't want to waste him in a character. that's going to be mostly CGI like man bat. You know what I'm saying? Or even like a killer croc, something like that. Unless you, yeah, you kinda, I don't think you, that you do work. what David Ayer did and you put him in prosthetic. Oh, he would do maybe a pig professor pig. Oh, that would be dope. Right. Oh, that's the one thing I didn't like about Batwoman. See, I can say, I can, I can give it a critique. Uh, I would love to see him as professor pig. That would be scary. That, yeah, that's right up Matt Reeves wheelhouse. That, that would be like a real horror movie. Yeah. Hmm. Food for thought, guys. Listening out there, everyone listen to our show. If Mickelson was cast as the in a villain in the Reeves Batman movie, tell us who you want. We should maybe we should make this a tweet. Yeah, maybe we make a poll. Well, uh, I feel it's like, would you want Matt Mickelson in in Batman? Blah blah. And if so, uh, comment because who knows? uh, You know, I want to hear what people have to say. I don't want to give them options to choose. I want them to tell me what they want. All right, that's a good yeah something like that. that. We will do that. That's perfect. You do a little uh, social experiment, as the Joker would say. <laughs> We're all now part of a social experiment. Well, our social experiment is at an end now. We're, we're done with this episode. So, Pete, let everyone know where they can find you. Uh, you can find me all over social media. That's Twitter, Instagram, and Zach Snyder's favorite platform, Vero, at Pete Illustrated. You can follow podcast number one, the podcast you're listening to right now. That's Straight Out of Gotham, at Straight underscore O underscore G on both Instagram and Twitter. Please join our Facebook group and our Facebook fan page. A lot of great discourse there. Check out uh, podcast number two, the Italian Spider-Man Coalition podcast. The Yankees just won. I co-host that podcast with the, the pride of Chicago, that is Sausage and Meatball, Nicholas and Nico Caruso, the father and son combo that we all love to uh, interact with on Twitter. That is at Italians for Spidey on Twitter. Check that out. We, uh, we do that pretty much monthly. Uh, check out at team yellow oval as we celebrate Keaton's return in Batgirl, as we said earlier, as well as the flash and the yellow oval is making its uh, return in print as well. And that's fabulous to see. Uh, check out my reviews of detective comics, Batwoman toy reviews on Batman on film.com and Batman on film YouTube. Uh, I also have interviews with Michael Uslin on Batman on YouTube, and those are great. Uh, you know, we talk about a lot of things from Tim Burton to Chris Nolan to Justice League, and maybe one day I'll get a chance to talk to him about Matt Reeves, the Batman, and that will be exciting. Hint, hint, Bill. Hint, hint, Bill. Um, <laughs> get started on that. Send an email, Bill. Doodly, doodly, doo. Uh, and uh, that sounds like uh, the plan, Stan. Now I'm going to hand it over to the Cauliflower King of Long Island. Wow. All right, guys, you know where to find me on Twitter. It's finally 33, spell finale 33, the same on Instagram as well. Like Pete said, hit us on Facebook group, Facebook page. Uh, look for live streams coming. I actually have an idea for SOG tonight. So Ooh, Does it involve Uxus or Galactus? It does not. Sorry. Does not How to get it in? How to get it in? <laughs> 
but uh, I have a couple of ideas for SOG tonight going forward. So uh, we're going to, I'm going to try and kick those around, put them into motion, um, get other people involved uh, with, with our show moving forward. Uh, check out my stuff on BOF as well. You can go check out my review of Titan, my reviews of Titans. Um, when season four does come, I will be reviewing it again. So I'm looking forward to that because I do love that show more than most people. <laughs> so you know, uh, you do. you're probably the show's biggest fan. Yeah. That's your so, Batwoman. So I do love that show and I will continue to review it. As I mentioned, uh, you get to check out my, uh, some of my interviews as well. Reign of the Superman interview with Jerry O'Connell and Rebecca Romaine and my Batwoman interviews with Megan Tandy and Rachel Scarsden. Nobody. Scarsden plays Alice. Who does, what's Megan Tandy's character's name? I always forget. Sophie. Sophie. Yes. Okay. So fans of the show, you want to see, I had had a good time at Comic-Con a few years ago when the show came out to, to interview them. So you can go listen to that and 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 read too. I have a, I I actually transcribed it and there's a written, written little interview section where I I wrote it down. So you guys can read it as well. I think that is it. I don't think there's anything else to say. You know, you haven't said Uxus today. I have not. Yeah. I have not said Uxus until now. Like yeah, you just got it. me to say it. That's right, baby. <laughs> That's right. Oh, Jesus. All right. Yeah, buddy. Okay. Jesus. All right. On that <laughs> note, <laughs> for Pete Vera, I'm Vera Colesman. You are listening to Straight Outta Gotham, and we'll see you next time. Booyah!